G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or non-locally <laughs> overseas in other parts of the world, okay? And we sometimes also talk about whatever comes to mind, right? If we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in the GOSS. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the academy membership at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads, and you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time, okay? So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practicing, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit, I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird, and let's get into it. You could go, all right, you go. You've got a puppies and kittens story, Dad, and then I have a- Parrot and kitten story, and then uh, a wallabies and kitten story. Well, mine's neither puppies or kittens, <laughs> but it fits into the generic puppies and kittens. Um, it's neither puppies nor kittens, Dad. <laughs> no, it's neither puppies or. Uh, it's anyway, neither nor, neither either nor, or. Either or. Um, <laughs> You uh, give my listeners and viewers bad English it is, habits. It is it is not a puppy. <laughs> nor is it nor is it <laughs> a kitten. A kitten. That sounds story. like something from um uh what's it called? Glenn uh Glenn. John Cleese's John Yes. Uh, what are they called again? Not Faulty Towers, the other thing that he did. Sounds uh, like Monty Python. It. Monty Python, yeah. Uh, one of those This is not a sparrow. It's this right. is a- yes. It's not dead. Um Yes, the World record for a single animal's continuous migration um, has been broken. Has been broken. The old record was from about ten years ago, um, where a bar-tailed godwit, uh, a wading bird, largish wading bird, not the little tiny ones. That you might have around, to be more descriptive. What is um, a wading bird? A wading bird. It's not, it's not waiting. Wading. W a d i n g. We say them the same. Wading way. in shallow water. <laughs> Waiting like or waiting. Paddling, paddling yeah. around in the water I'm looking waiting for, food. for my waiting bo- birds. <laughs> um, yeah, paddling around in the water. So these are birds that are, um, they're continuous summer birds. Yeah. So they, they never see winter. They never go snowboarding, no, skiing, they nothing. They miss all of that shit. Um, <laughs> these are um, Arctic birds yeah. um, from Alaska and uh, the Arctic Siberia. That's horrible, um, though. Arctic summers. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the mosquitoes and black flies. <laughs> Um, so, they breed in the Arctic in their summer, and then in come late summer, early autumn, they will take off from there, and they will fly down to Australia, New Zealand, uh, and southern Australia, New Zealand, and northern Australia as well. Um, some of them camp in northern Australia for a while, and they keep coming south, others stay there. Uh, but so, they come to Australia and New Zealand for our summer, where they basically just eat. Bit of a uh, trek. Bit of a trek a for bit some of a food. Trek. So, <laughs> this bird flew- Hang on. 
and, and it all very well. For context, how big is this bird? If it's the size the, of your fist? Uh, oh no, no. There's some of the yeah. um, some of the small wading birds, uh, <laughs> literally the size of your fist or smaller, yeah. um, that are doing this sort of thing as well. But the bigger Incredible. ones, godwits are you know, from the tabletop. I'm not sure we can see the tabletop on here. They'd be this sort of height, so forty okay. centimeters. So about tall. a foot tall, bit, bit yeah, more. Bit more. Okay. They're, they're quite large birds, so they could um, store up a bit of fat and have. They a bit are of storing fat and have a bit of energy okay. and so on, but. Um, 11,760 kilometres. <laughs> it flew. Was the old record. <laughs> in one go. That is non-stop. Wow. So, it didn't even land. Nope. Not landing. Jesus Christ. And this for context, one, For context, that is to Perth and back, right? Maybe maybe more. Uh, multiple uh, times, Perth maybe. and back and back to Perth. Okay. Yeah. Three yeah. times the distance so between Melbourne and Perth. It is flying from Alaska to New Zealand. Good God. In one go. Wow. Well, I guess there's nowhere and to really stop, right? It's well, there's the a few islands along the way, but you've got to be a pretty bloody good navigator <laughs> to find them. Um, and then that was the old record. And yeah. so, this one- Uh-oh. 12,200 kilometres, they reckon, is more accurate because there was- It was 12,800 kilometres was what was recorded, but mm -hmm. they're saying there were some rounding errors in there, so they're not claiming that one. So, that- and. This it's is almost all the done circumference with a, of Australia. Uh, yeah, it's about fifteen thousand yeah. kilometres, I think. For well, you, it's roughly, it's, it's it's almost half the circumference of the Earth. Jesus Christ! You know, yeah, which is seventeen thousand yeah, kilometres. Yeah, actually going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's um, <laughs> astonishing. Astonishing, and and <laughs> this is recorded um, on the because they <clears throat> excuse me. There's uh, there's a large um, research program going into trying to work out how these birds are surviving and how they fly and you know, where they yeah. go and so on. Um, and so there are, they have these tiny little solar-powered <laughs> GPS trackers on them. So they know- <laughs> That aren't too it, heavy, that it, it costs too much. It wasn't just that somebody in Alaska went, oh, there's that bird. Yeah. And then 11 days later, somebody in New Zealand went, oh, here it is. He's Bill. Um, he's back. And, and we then put a tape measure around the earth and go, yeah. that's how far it was. That's how this we used the, to do it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is, and well, that was the, the whole bird banding scheme came around yeah. from doing that was by yeah. saying, we need to know where birds are coming and going. But what mm -hmm. we knew was where they were sighted. They could have just been teleporting. You never they know. They could have. You exactly. didn't see land. Um, so, now it's GPS tracked yeah. so they can map it. But they have these tiny little things because clearly- if you've got a bird that's flying there, it's losing 25, 30% of its body weight probably in that amount of time. You don't want to be adding extra weight to the bird. <laughs> it's so a backpack, mate. Tiny It'll little solar-powered GPS <laughs> tracker to do it. So, that's Jesus. pretty cool. That's pretty- uh, It blows my mind, especially with the smaller birds, you know, something the size- Well, things of, the size of a sparrow. Yeah. What the hell? Weighs that 25 grams and- that's when they get here. They probably weighed 35 or 40 grams when they left Alaska. Yeah. And these tiny little birds. Now, they fly Are they eating down. on the wing? Like, no, are they eating no, whilst they're flying? No, a lot of those birds, uh, the smaller ones, are flying down the uh, east coast of Asia. So, they're going through Korea, China, down uh, through the South China Sea. So, they're using gravity. The Philippines. To, yeah, to exactly. <laughs> going from down the page on the map. This is- Have another drink. Um, <laughs> and- and then hitting northern Australia and then coming to southern Australia. So, they're sort of hopping from yeah. mudflats. So, they do the have to stop. Those the ones big, can't just go No, the big challenge with those smaller birds and the reason that a lot of those are endangered now is because of the amount of development going on in East Asia. Because you only have to um, mess up one in, stop and they're screwed. Yeah, particularly in the South China Sea with, with China. Yeah. Uh, and also, Korea, to some extent, have been building- you know, they, 
if you're going to build, you're, people want to live by the sea for a whole yep. lot of reasons. It's easy to develop by the sea. So what do you do? You find some mm-hmm. mud flats and you just reclaim them, fill them in. Yeah. Um, so, Sorry, guys. Yeah. So a lot of these- uh, Where's that restaurant things. gone? I was here yeah. last year <laughs> exactly. after summer. There was exactly. a restaurant right and here. It's not like you've got a choice. If <laughs> yeah. you're starving, you can't go, oh, well, we'll just keep flying <laughs> onto the next country until no, we find you're one. You're out of fuel. There's you're no, out of fuel. We'll just keep you're going. gone. Yeah. You just sit there. So- as an aside, there are some studies being done now in um, some of the Asian countries where this sort of migratory route is, uh, where they're building large floating islands mm-hmm. um, with the appropriate yeah. substrate on them that is going to have enough food in them for yeah. these birds to do it. So they don't have to maintain the mud flats. Uh, they can create artificial mud flats and just have them floating around in the sea, <laughs> so the birds can uh, can land on those. Uh, Jesus, that's, that's crazy! Twelve thousand k's. Holy moly! I know it's a long way. So my story was: you had one. An Australian man says he was able to survive a late night house fire Eric. after his pet parrot <laughs> roused him from bed. Yeah. Did you see that story? I did. So um, Anton Wynn said, I heard a bang and Eric, my parrot, he started to yell. So, I woke up and smelled the smoke. Yeah. So, there you go. And it's like a, I don't know what species it is, but it was a beautiful green. It looked like a king parrot uh, or something. No, sure. it's not an Australian parrot. Not I think Australian it's an African uh, or an Indian. I, it's, a, it's a pet. It's a, I had no idea you could buy non-native parrots in you Australia. Oh, yeah. I went to the beach the other day and someone had a macaw. A macaw. Yeah. I was like, There's what? a guy in Ocean Grove who has a blue and yellow macaw. Yeah, it must be him yeah. then because yeah. I can't imagine there's many I, of them. He might this be is a Brazilian Mel- bird, guys, yeah. for context. This is a rainforest Brazilian a, a bird. big honking parrot. This is huge. It's as, it's probably bigger than any Australian parrot. Maybe as big as some of the cockatoos, bigger, the black bigger. cockatoos. Bigger. bigger. I'm, at the, I'm at the beach in my car working away and there's a guy sitting there. And I'm like, what the hell is that thing on his shoulder? And it's got like a little vest on it where he's got a leash attached to the front and its tail's about, you know, half a metre long, yeah. 50 centimetres long. And I was just like, holy crap, it turned around and it was a macaw, which I'd never seen. I don't think I'd ever seen one in in in, in the flesh, yeah. in person. Uh, I've seen them I've on seen them in, David Attenborough. Um, yeah. And bird shows. And Maybe things. I've seen them there in zoos, yeah. but I was astonished. I was like, what? So, and then I looked it up. You can buy them for a measly 5000 Australian dollars. Yeah. And you've got to have a, a um, high-level license to hold Good God. non-native wildlife. The last story I had, which was a cracker, if I can just find it, and I thought was poetic justice. Do you want to explain what poetic justice is, Dad, before you hear the story? <sighs> poetic justice. Poetic justice is when something goes wrong- that ends up being justifiable on the basis of the screw up in the first place. You deserved it. You sort of deserved the um, response that you got. So, if I said dad was really clumsy and then I get up and trip over, he'd be like, well, that was poetic poetic justice. justice. Yeah. Yeah. So, wallabies are on the loose in Britain and we've mapped 95 of them Mm. or 95 sightings. So, I thought this was poetic justice for context before we talk about the story because Australia has so many English or British invasive species. You know, we have the fox, we have rabbits, we have starlings, we have Indian miners, we have a whole bunch of these animals that were Brought here after colonisation. Deers. I don't know about stoats. They're in New Zealand. Yeah, we got a few. Um, They tried to bring in mongoose. Mongoose? Mongooses. Mongooses. I don't know if we pluralise that as mongoose. Mongai. And um, squirrels we had for a long time as well. Red red and grey squirrels. They didn't survive though. 
So, redneck wallabies have found a home in the temperate climate and agricultural lands in England. I didn't realise they were intentionally intentionally released initially during World War II yeah. in the 40s. What is that? 39 to 45? Yes. Um, because keepers and collectors had other priorities and didn't want to kill them. So, they were just like, you're on your own, Skippy. Do you call wallabies Skippy? Oh, no. Skip it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are, there's an increased number of these feral animals now. And apparently, this population that was released after World War II or during World War II lived up until at least 2009 mm. and then may have gone extinct. But now, wild wallaby sightings are popping up all over Britain. And it's like from Scotland all the way down into, you know, near Kent yeah. and then over to Wales. They're popping up all over the place. Um, and I just thought it was really funny that- Something I'd never heard about. And so, now it's something where they're thinking, oh, my God, non-native species has been introduced into England. How is it going to affect the other species here? The native species like rabbits and foxes and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. all the plants. And it's the complete inverse here in Australia where we're shitting ourselves because we have all these birds and foxes and rabbits Rabbits. competing with the wallabies. So, I thought that's why it's poetic justice. Yes. They also have Tamar wallabies, which I didn't realise. Tamar realize. wallabies. Tamar yeah. wallabies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never actually heard that word, but Tasmanian. Tamar. Mm. Tamar. So, yeah, they're worried that they're competing with grazing animals like and their sheep as well. Are sheep native to Great Britain? Uh, or they've just been there for thousands of years? Yeah, they've been there for thousands of years. They might be. Um, yeah. Sheep are European. I guess the interesting thing is, though, at least wallabies are soft-footed, so they're not going to damage the land that they're running around on. They'll probably- Yeah, they don't dig holes. They'll obviously be eating a lot of plant material, but they don't eat down past or to the roots or past the roots like sheep do. They pull the plant up. They're really grass eaters either. Wallabies, they have browsers on shrubs and things. So, they might end up doing more damage because of that. Yeah. But they're not going to be competing with sheep who are eating grass. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see that. Unless they've converted over because they can't find any shrubs. (laughs) Particularly in Scotland. There's no no woody plants in Scotland. It just- It's such a normal thing here. Growing up in Australia, you see- I don't know. I would imagine the average Australian at some point when they're young sees a fox. When they're driving around or with their parents in the car, they see a fox across the road. Yeah. Yeah. You see rabbits. You see- Sometimes you may see deer if you go to, you know, you go camping or something. You go to the sort of mountainous regions. But you get kind of used to seeing these animals and you just think, oh, that's what, you know, the world's like. But I can't imagine for the life of me driving around Great Britain and seeing a fucking wallaby. wallaby Exactly. And being like, what? And they're unmistakable. (laughs) That's the thing. It's not like the- It's not like the- um, the panther stories that we've always- Oh, I saw a panther up in the hills you know, mm-hmm. out of Melbourne. Yeah, okay. Smoke yeah, another one. Smoke another one. Yeah, exactly. It's a bloody cat. But you know, <laughs> wallabies- yeah. Oh, it's a bloody big rabbit. Yeah, yeah you're not going to get confused. You might get, you might get confused with a hare at night because hares sort of run a bit differently from rabbits. Mm-hmm. But, but no, wallabies look like wallabies. Well, I think a lot of the time people- What I- My hypothesis for people confusing- cats in Australia, besides not being able to differentiate between a house cat that is black and, say, a panther, which most people have probably never seen in the wild, when you're at a distance of hundreds of metres and it's sitting on a a fence post or something and you think, you know, well, it looks bigger than usual- you know, and you get some grainy footage of yeah. it. It's like, okay, do how much do I trust my ability to discern whether or not this is a panther? Exactly. But um, I had another point besides that. Train of thought just went. Doesn't train matter. Of what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It just, I think- Oh, my hypothesis. My hypothesis is that it is swamp wallabies that are tricking a lot of people into thinking that they see panthers- 
because swamp wallabies have these really thick tails. Long tails. Long yeah. black tails. And they're dark animals that look like uh, what we see when panthers are running or cheetahs are running, you know, where their tail is out trying to help them balance. Yeah. And so, what I think is happening, especially because a lot of these people see these panthers see, on the road. You see the rear end of a wallaby exactly. disappearing into the bush. Exactly. Yeah. And they oh, freak a long black out. tail. Because I've yeah. seen that before and I've gone, oh, yeah. you know, holy crap, what was that? It looked like a, yeah. a panther. Uh, but, it, you know, it's yeah. a freaking wallaby when you get yeah. closer. Uh, but yeah, how cool is that? You're gonna, you've got um, wallabies. Yes. A little bit of home. Next time we go to Scotland or England, yeah, I haven't seen in one the yet. countryside. We'll be like, this feels like home. I spend my entire time there trying to find rabbits. Really? You just Rabbit? don't see them anywhere. No. See what about badgers? Don't they have lots of badgers? Yeah, but they're nocturnal. So what was I'd that TV? What was that that cartoon, that TV show that was all about um, the British countryside that had different animals? There's one that there's one that's got a frog. Remember him, Mr. Toad or whatever? Oh, there was uh, 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 a cartoon. <laughs> or the, there was a cartoon film made of the book. It was Wind yeah. in the Willows. Wind in the Willows is one. And there's another one that had all of the animals. But, yeah, it was really funny because you never hear about people in Great Britain talking or, you know, showing footage of badgers, black no, and white badgers. They hate them. Yeah. They hate them. Yeah. Why? Well, they're just unpleasant animals. Well, they're just unpleasant animals. Yeah, it's kind of like- Beautiful, but they're- They're related to uh, wolverines, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're carnivores. Yeah. Same- family is uh anyway yes well awesome thanks for joining me thanks everyone see you next time bye all righty you mob thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of the goss if you would like to watch the video if you're currently listening to it and not watching it you can do so on the aussie english tv channel on youtube this is different from the main channel you'll be able to subscribe to that just search aussie english TV on YouTube. And if you're watching this and not listening to it, you can check this episode out also on the Aussie English podcast, which you can find via my free Aussie English podcast application on both Android and iPhone. You can download that for free or you can find it via any other good podcast uh, app that you've got on your phone, Spotify, podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is. I'm your host, Pete. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a ripper of a day and I will see you next time. Peace.